You are listening to NFT Talk Show, where we put the T in NFT. I am your host, Tony Payne, and if you have ever wanted to know anything and everything, including all the juicy deets about NFTs, you are in the right place. So buckle up, get ready, and let's go. Welcome to another episode of the NFT Talk Show podcast. I am Tony Payne, and in today's episode, we will be talking about the ETH merge. Yes, um, last episode, we discussed the ETH merge. What is it? What was the ETH merge? And we had a fantastic brain um, on the show, a Venturin, who is an analyst, collector, and connector in Web3. Um, come talk to us about the ETH merge. And he answered a lot of your questions and my questions um, about what we're actually doing. But today I have him back on the show because we want to know what should we expect now that we know what the ETH merge is, right? What should we expect? Should we expect our ETH to moon? <laughs> Not financial advice. <laughs> that's, the, that's the answer I'm hoping for. I want to see my ETH moon. Are we going to 10,000? Not financial advice. <laughs> All right. So I have with me today again, back on the show, Eventurant. Thank you for coming back um, on the show. You have We have questions that are burning for you. I hope you're ready. Thank you for coming back. I am ready, and and thank you for having me back again. Awesome, awesome. My pleasure. Um, So the first question, I think we covered a bit of this in the previous episode. The first question that I will will jump into it. um, If you do not know what the ETH merge is, please listen to the previous episode. That is the episode before this one where... Um, he um, graciously explains to us what the ETH merge is, what proof of stake is, and what proof of work is. Um, and today we're moving on to what to expect. And one thing we briefly touched on and a question that pops up is, we already said it will not eliminate gas, right, um, in the previous episode. So I guess the question is, will it lower gas? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I guess going back to that um, issue, I mean, I think that it's um, at first not going to really do anything. I mean, that's really like the simplest answer I can come up with. I mean, I'm I'm trying to uh, think of a nice way to say it, but I mean, I think... Mm -hmm to me that we're not going to see any huge major changes in gas transactions right away. Um, you know, one of the biggest visions for the Ethereum network besides uh, security and sustainability, um, you know, is this scalability portion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, in order to increase its Scalability, like the network needs to be able to handle more transactions per second without, um, you know, increasing the size of these uh, nodes in the network itself. And I mean, I think mm-hmm. after this merge is complete, this is what the network is setting up for are these like large uh, scalability upgrades that they're going to be able to do, which in turn over time should, you know, slowly help, you know, in this uh, gas area. Interesting. So they're not getting rid of miners or are they getting rid of miners? 
Yeah, yeah. So miner, miners are gone. Um, for the you know official Ethereum network, miners are done for after this merge. Um, you know, we have had uh, uh, seen around in the news recently that there is a campaign out there that's emerged to actually fork or you know split the Ethereum network off and actually mm-hmm. uh, preserve this alternate um, proof of work version of the network so there is like a likelihood that all digital assets you know as we talk about like nfts especially that are currently built on the ethereum network are actually Mm going to be duplicated after the merge is complete like if this fork were to happen and and the entire blockchain is preserved you know there's there's almost going to be this like alternate reality uh, i guess you can say <laughs> off off the side of the official um network so um you know the real versions of the nfts and you know i'm i'm sort of doing like the the air quotes i mean the the real the real versions of the <laughs> nfts the stable coins are going to exist um you know during for this post merge um, on the perf- proof of stake network. So like these are like the actual real NFTs they are gonna be on the official network, but there's gonna be like the copies that could exist on this new forks proof of work network if it actually materializes. I mean, I think we're still like unsure if this is actually gonna even materialize, but there is that possibility that there's gonna be this like alternate reality where there's going to be two of everything um (laughs) that that yeah i mean we can uh, can talk about that a little bit uh, more if you if you wanted to i mean you know i think there's there is a lot of worried people out there and you know what could come with that are some security Mm -hmm. issues as well um so here's a quick question um before we jump into that yeah sure so if we don't have miners, because I know when we pay Ethereum gas fees, they say, oh, we're paying it to the miners. If we don't have miners, who are we paying the gas to? Well, the ga- well, okay, so the in 2021, there was what was called uh, the London upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, so in regards to like a burning, um, you know, we talk about GUI, which is yeah, like that. That's like what is like the field that executes transactions on Ethereum. After the London upgrade that was done in 2021, um, this fee burning went live, and it's mm-hmm. actually going to still continue post merge. So, essentially, you know, there's the the miners are going to be gone. So, essentially, after this upgrade, now as transactions are completed and gas is used it's just gonna essentially burn off ethereum itself from from the network entirely wait so the gas we pay get burnt off the network yeah or... so yeah it, 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 it's uh i mean i guess we can uh talk a little bit sort of pull back a little bit on that um and talk about the ethereum i, I think it'll be good to talk a little bit about like how the Ethereum supply works, because I think this is what a lot of people are focused on, on, yeah. you know, what, what's going to happen farther off uh, down the road. 
because mm-hmm. um, the Ethereum supply itself could essentially be broken down into two factors. You have this uh, Ethereum uh, issuance, and then you have Ethereum burns. Yeah. So the issuance of Ethereum is like, of course, the creation of Ethereum that does not already exist um, on the network. So, you know, when we move to this uh, proof of stake system, this is like, you know, the validators that are going through and validating all the, you know, uh, new ETH coming into the system that we're moving away from, you know, this mm-hmm. mining algorithm. Um, while the, um, the ETH, this, uh, uh, trend, the ETH burns. So this is the destruction of ETH on chain. This is the uh, other aspect of it. So this is actually removing Ethereum from circulation entirely. So I heard uh, about this. Sorry. Um, maybe yeah. just kind of clarify a little bit. I did hear about this. And the argument was that once ETH starts getting burnt, the amount in circulation will reduce and that that's what is meant to bring up the price of ETH. I don't know how accurate my what I've heard is. Yeah. Um, no, I, mean, yeah, I think it's accurate. I mean, in its current form of proof of work, um, mm-hmm. the mining rewards, um, you know, the, this ETH creation, uh, total, I believe, somewhere around 13,000 ETH per day. Wow. Um, but, you know, now that we have this beacon chain that we talked about a little bit off the side that's already been running, we're already able to see the amount of ETH uh, issuance per day that's going to stay stable as we go into the merge. So as we look at those mm-hmm. numbers, the pre-merge staking rewards that are already on proof of stake are currently... Yeah totaling around 1600 ETH per day, which is, you know, a, a huge difference lower than, than what's uh, currently issued per day on the proof of work system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this is a new issuance uh, dropping by about 90%. So we're going to have about a 90% decrease per day in new ETH um, being created. Ah, I so, got it. You know, after the merge is complete, you know, mm-hmm. now we're only going to have this 1600 of ETH per day. Um, in that 13,000 ETH per day from the proof of work system, it's going to go away. So, you know, going back into this uh, burning mechanism, you know, we had this London upgrade in 2021 um, mm-hmm. where fee burning went live. Um, so, mm-hmm. The fees that we're paying, you know, every time we do a transaction, they completely get burned entirely off of the network. Okay. Um, and this this happened after this upgrade in 2021, which, I mean, was fairly recent. I mean, it's only been about a year um, since this went live. But, you know, we haven't really seen any effect on the supply. I mean, there was still so much Ethereum being generated on the current uh, proof-of-work system that you know even though there is ethereum being burned um from gas fees that are being paid completely off of the supply we're still creating more eth got um, it. you know so we're not getting this decrease in supply supply got it makes a hundred percent sense to yeah. me now yeah yeah so you know once this 
merge is complete, you know, we're going to have this 1600 ETH um, being created per day instead of 13,000. So what's interesting is like looking at the statistics at what, at what GUI levels, gas levels, how much ETH actually does get burned. So mm-hmm. in a gas price of only around 16 GUI, about 1600 ETH is burned. So this effectively brings ETH inflation numbers to pretty much zero uh, right off of the bat in a, in, a, in a way of 16. So what's interesting is that like current gas prices on average have actually been around 74 way. So, yeah. You know, if you do the math on that, you're going to see that we're, we're, we're moving from uh, you know, an inflationary token that we had before into a deflationary token because we're actually going to be burning more Ethereum per day than there is going to be Ethereum created. Got it. And uh, and that translates to more value. Am I correct? Or that's yeah, just I what mean, I so want to hear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah, essentially, you know, with, with supply and demand, if you don't have a, a change in demand, you know, if demand just stays flat, um, but you're having this decrease in the supply side, that's where you're mm-hmm. going to get this upward uh, pressure in price because you're going to have the same amount of demand but less supply. So, you know, essentially you're, you're going to have to pay more uh, to purchase your ETH. So I think that's where a lot of people are in the hopes that we're going to see, you know, a new bull run over time in Ethereum prices just because, you know, we don't even have to have an increase in demand. We can be uh, totally stable on the demand side, but this mm-hmm. decrease in supply over time could cause a little bit of an upward uh, pressure on price. Uh, but the dollar is still pumping, darn it. Yeah. <laughs> dollar stop. No, yeah. And I mean, you know, that's, you know, what's interesting too is like, you know, besides, and, and I know we talked about it a little bit in, in the last uh, episode, but talking mm-hmm. about these um, validator penalties as well. Mm-hmm. So in the, this proof of work system, I guess, you know, going back to that, um, you know, the validators are the ones that are validating everything in the network. And so, you know, there's a smart contract that you put your Ethereum in and you can inc- incur these penalties uh, for doing certain things in the network. I mean, it could be like, if you're like breaking specific rules, if you're mm-hmm. off, you know, even just being offline <laughs> over a certain period of time, you incur these penalties. So not only do we have less ETH being issued um, after the merge is complete, we have the burning going on from the London upgrade from 2021, which is causing uh deflation on the token instead of inflation mm-hmm. when you also factor in the validator incurring validators incurring penalties for breaking rules or being offline i mean all of these factors are just causing more and more and more ETH uh to be burned per day so I, I think that's what a lot of people are paying attention to right now is is this uh, deflationary aspect that's going to happen after the merge. Yeah. So it's probably better. Um, so if anybody's trying to buy ETH, to buy now or not financial advice, y'all. We're just talking here. 
Um, do you think it'd be better to buy now before the merge or just kind of wait it out? Um, you know, I, I, I think I want to go back to like what I sort of talked about, like the end of the, the last episode. I think you had, mm-hmm. uh, like asked me at a certain point at the end there, like what I felt, you know, I would oh, recommend yeah. people to do after the merge is complete. And I said to do nothing. Um, mm-hmm. I w- again would probably just reiterate again, you know, either to just do nothing or to just keep doing what you're doing. Um, I mean, if you're an investor or a user, you know, or an NFT collector in this space, I mean, I am pretty certain that you have plans to be in this for the long term. So, yeah. Um, you know, unless you're a trader of some sort, um, that this only trades Ethereum and, you know, doesn't care about NFTs or anything else besides just trading crypto. Um, you know, I would say to just keep with your current plan or what you're currently doing. Awesome. So you were talking about like, you know, if, um, the, is there, is there going to be a name for what's going to be called like Ethereum 2.0? Like, is there a name for Ethereum after the merge? Um, not that I know. I mean, I, I think they're just, I think they're just staying the same name. I, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard of any like name change. You know, they're, they're just going to keep it the same. Same. So what if, you know, I could be people, wrong though. Well, I, no, I it make that would make sense. Like, so what if the um, proof of work people are stubborn and go, we're keeping it the Ethereum, what it is. Do you, are they going to use the same name or do you think they're going to change oh, the name yeah. to well, that, yeah, Ethereum, that would be different. <laughs> Ethereum <Yeah>. OG? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's definitely, yeah. Um, so, I mean, Ethereum itself, like the official Ethereum network, I mean, that, that name's not going to change. It's just, just going to stay mm-hmm. the same. Yeah, I, I get where you're, where you're moving now. I'm, um, I guess going back to this uh, campaign that we've been hearing about, you know, preserving yeah. the alternate network, you know, if this is something that does materialize, um, you know, they would have to have a different name. Like, you know, I, I don't know what it's going to be. You know, it could be, uh, you know, like you said, ETH OG or, <laughs> you know, ETH, ETH proof of work, you know, POW. Yeah, I, don't, POW. I don't know what they're going to call it, but, you know, they'll, they'll have their own name. Oof, drama. Um, so back to, you know, NFTs, you mentioned how, um, there could be an NFT on proof of work and there could be an NFT on proof of stake. So let's assume I log into my MetaMask, right? And I log into, um, let's say OpenSea, for instance, which Ethereum am I looking at or which NFT am I looking at? Am I looking at the NFT on proof of work or am I looking at the NFT on proof of stake or am I going to be able to see both? That's a good question. I actually 100% don't know the answer to that. I mean, I would believe that OpenSea is just going to stick with the official uh, Ethereum network. So, I mean, when you're logging into these NFT marketplaces, you should only just be seeing um, like the NFTs that are on the official blockchain. So sort of like you'll have like this uh, Polygon and the other uh, networks, you know, if they mm-hmm. do show this duplicated copies of your NFTs, like they would have to be categorized within another category on OpenSea. So whatever the new name of the new proof of work system is going to be, you know, there's there's actually going to be a separate category. And I would think that OpenSea would do something similar to like what they've done 
uh, with the Polygon network, you know, we've seen mm-hmm. a lot of like spam stuff like moving through Polygon. So, you know, you have this like hidden uh, folder that maybe yeah, hidden folder. That and, and like push all that copies into a hidden folder. I mean, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure um, you uh, know, what their entire plan is for that. That is something I probably should get to the bottom because truly somebody could be selling an NFT that's on proof of work. Right. And yeah, then it, well, not, yeah, it wouldn't be a valid. Yeah. So, so I, mean, I get your I get your advice about do nothing while the merge going on. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, we can't like trust that every single marketplace that's out there is going to do the work that needs to be done to keep everything sort of safe and secure. And, you know, this is the perfect time for uh, scammers and, you know, people mm-hmm. going out there doing different phishing attempts on people that might be uninformed. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely going to see a lot of uh, uh, security issues around this time, which, I mean, that's why I've been saying just, just to do nothing. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are fearful enough at this point that they're going to be going in and like delisting all of their NFTs on, you know, at least the marketplaces, um, you know, because if copies of these assets do exist on this new like fork, proof of work network, you know, uh-huh. these copies of course are going to be worth a lot less than their, um, the proof I, I guess you can say like a, official, counterparts that are on the Ethereum network, but the owners of these assets could still be tempted to, you know, go in and like sell these surplus tokens for a little bit of money. Um, you know, cause you know, people are going to be confused. Um, of course, uh, you yeah. know, especially if they're seeing, uh, duplicates of all their NFTs, um, you know, sitting in these different marketplaces. So people might try to use that to like, say, try to sell a copy of their board ape for you know whatever the floor is ah. for the real board ape and then see if there's somebody that's not able to know like hey this isn't the real network uh and go in and purchase it and they just purchase this duplicated the duplicated NFT version not, yeah that's not on the official ethereum network so the a smart thing to do would be if you're even going to, let's say, trade NFTs, buy from a trusted um, blockchain. I, I mean, not a blockchain, sorry, a trusted marketplace, like maybe OpenSea yeah, I mean, is I'm, a popular I'm, one. Yeah, well, and I mean, I think this is like this go back to nothing thing again. Like, yeah. if you really um, just want to see this thing play out and, you know, make sure that all of these marketplaces put in certain protocols in place so that you know, we'll know which ones are the official network ones. I don't know if it's going to be like a little badge or something that they throw on mm-hmm. the NFTs, like, hey, this is real, or if it's going to be some sort of uh, warning that says, oh, hey, this is not on the correct, uh, you know, uh, proof of stake, Preferred, official, yeah. you know, network, um, you know, some sort of warning. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think... That, that do nothing approach, like don't even buy anything could be good to do, at least for just the transition period of a couple of days. Um, buy just to see like, how everything goes to work out. <laughs> yes, or that. Or just buy a Sony paint, just keep buying. Yeah, so I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, I think what we've been hearing is uh, what are called these like replay attacks. Mm -hmm. uh, that's sort of like what they're calling it, where you have these like they they, they can go in and, and they're bad actors that go in, they duplicate transactions in a manner that would allow them to like steal the real one. And I think mm -hmm. that's like where things get a little bit interesting. This is even different from. Um, you know, just buying the wrong copy of the NFT on the wrong network. Yeah. Um, that, you know, there's different IDs. So that it's called the chain ID. And yeah. so if you fork the real chain, if you have something that possesses the same chain ID, um, you have what's this like called this replay attack where you can um, actually in essence, take the real NFC from the Ethereum blockchain. So I think like that fear of, yeah, of what's called a replay attack is like, you know, what a lot of people are hearing about. And so they're, they're going in right now and they're like, just delisting all of their NFTs. They, they just, yeah, they just don't want to be a part of anything. No, no buying, no selling, nothing. They just want to watch it play out. So just probably do list around the 13th ish and kind of wait it out like a week yeah. is not gonna and a week is not gonna hurt us all let's just all kind of delisten to better safe than sorry um so yeah and i, I mean I, I guess before real quick just before we move on yeah. from the replay thing because mm -hmm. like i know that fear was out there and it was like really recent but um just because i don't i don't want to like also scare people either by talking about that but you know ethereum like the ethereum core developers like they specifically say that there's not going to be a, like an actual problem with replay attacks that okay. um, the, the founder of the campaign that actually does want to do the fork of Ethereum during the moot during the, uh, after the merge is complete. Uh, he, he's actually already confirmed that they're, they're a hundred percent going to be changing all chain IDs on the blockchain to prevent such attacks. So like, even if every single thing is copied across the network and we got this, uh, proof of work system that stays in place after the mm -hmm. merge, the chain IDs are all going to be different. So, uh, you know, we've been sort of assured over the last couple of days that there's no chance of a replay attack, but I mean, you still, you know, have that possibility that like scammers could like prey upon people that are um, uncertain on which asset is real or copied. So, you know, it's, it's just still something to watch out for. That's interesting. Um, I'm delisting. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it safe. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, like, you know, obviously for one of one artist, um, it's a little different because we don't have like, you know, the 10,000 piece um, NFTs. Um, let's say you're a one of one artist, right? And you're the one selling your own NFT, not a collection or um, not a project. Um, would it be wise to delist or just kind of leave that? I mean, I, I I I think you you would be fine just just leaving it. I mean, I really think like uh, for like the artists, like for for the people on the sell side, you know, they yeah. they know which what are the true and real NFTs. Like they're the ones holding them. They're the ones that have them like up for sale. So there shouldn't be any kind of problem if you're on the sell side just leaving something yeah. up. Okay. Um, I think I've... I think the risk is more on the on the buy side, like making sure that you're actually selecting the correct, the right one. 
yeah, the right yeah. one. And that, and you know, I mean, uh, it. I, I don't want to scare people. I mean, this this isn't even like a hundred percent thing still that's going to happen. This this forking. Uh, I mean, I know yeah. we've been talking about it for a little while, but yeah, I mean, this isn't even a hundred percent a certainty that there is going to be any kind of fork at all. So there could just end up being like this could Nothing. be a non-event. Okay. No. Okay. Well. Um, so that's where they say, um, D Y O R (laughs) and make, make your own choices. Um, you have the information, um, even Turin and I have given you some, uh, look at me taking credit for information. (laughs) Okay, fine. I know you, I know you, I know you know what's going on. Also, you know, everybody has all their, all, all their research they do. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> All right. So another question I um, received is how will this benefit NFTs? How would the whole Ethereum, because, you know, my um, entire list of my circles, NFTs versus just crypto, I mean, and Web3, um, they want to know how will it benefit NFTs? Or will it even benefit NFTs? Yeah, I mean, I think it will. And I mean, I don't know if it... Um... I think it will benefit NFTs over the long term. I think this is going back to that uh, scalability that we talked about um, mm-hmm. at at the beginning here with uh, some of the things that they're going to be doing in the, the, the future with scaling and then what's called um, sharding. And, mm-hmm. um, so can you explain what sharding is for those who don't know? Yeah, so, uh, um, you know, after this merge is complete, um, in order to increase a network scalability, like the network needs to be able to handle more transactions per second without increasing uh, the size of what are called uh, nodes in the network mm-hmm. itse- itself. So a node is an individual um, instance of like the Ethereum software that's connected to another forming a network. So essentially it's like one computer to keep things simple. It's like one computer talking to another computer. Um, so like increasing the size of the node isn't, you know, practical because only those with like really powerful and expensive computers would be able to do that. Um, so that's like where one big dilemma is. So in order to scale, um, the Ethereum network needs more transactions per second, um, mm-hmm. coupled with more nodes. Like the more nodes means like more security. So sharding is really the solution to the problem. It's essentially going to spread the data storage requirements across this entire network of computers. So in other networks, like in certain instances, like nodes are required to hold 100% of all the data for the entire network. And of course, as the network uh, gets older and o- over, older and older over time, you know, it's more and more data. Um, so this sharding solution is going to make it so that these computers or nodes are no longer going to be required to hold a hundred percent of the data. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it sounds a little bit complicated, but you know, essentially, it always does. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, essentially like you're not going to need these like powerful and expensive computers to do it. Like, 
the, the sharding mechanic is going to allow for, um, it, it's going to allow it to handle more and more transactions per second because you're not having to store all this like extra data, um, on every single node. So this like sharding mechanic itself is going to be coupled with like l what are called layer two rollup solutions. Okay. And so this like layer two, you know, and, and, you know, you hear it around every once in a while, like layer two is a, uh, term for an Ethereum scaling solution that handles transactions off of the chain, which, you know, the main, right. like the chain that we hear about is the layer yeah. one chain. Like Polygon, uh, right? Well, uh, like an example for like a, a popular layer two is like optimism. So it's, um, like, Polygon is it's yeah it's 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 its own thing like optimism is another one um it's like a really mm -hmm. popular layer 2 solution it, it it's it's just mirroring the uh, like also mirroring the um the network but it's like handling all the transactions itself off chain so that you don't have to like pay for um like those to be valid and then they come Pay to be validated and they come into it later on. Um, I, I'm trying to think of like the easiest way to talk about it. Uh, that, my, know, my brain just, my brain did a double flip from listening. Yeah. So I mean, like, I guess the simplest way to, to say is like a layer two is just a separate blockchain that extends with Ethereum. So just like how the beacon blockchain is like running mm -hmm. on the side of this proof of work system and then it's coming together. That like form the merge, like a uh, layer two solution is this a separate blockchain that extends with Ethereum off the side, but all the transactions on that network are off the main chain, which decreases, you know, um, gas in it and yeah. those transactions in different ways so that, you know, you can handle more transactions with things being off the main chain. It, it's sort of like, you know, it's like if you had a, a freeway and like the uh -huh. main highway is like the Ethereum network and a layer one is like all the little streets around the freeway that run like parallel to the freeway. Like you can oh. like jump back into the freeway or jump off to the freeway on and off. Yeah. And it like relieves uh, traffic. And so it'll still get you to your destination. Driving, yeah, I think the driving reference is probably like the best uh, way to talk about it in like simple terms. That makes sense. And you're getting to where you're going. Um, that actually makes a lot of sense. I like the driving reference. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I had a light bulb turn on <laughs> with the driving reference. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody's right. going the same way and yeah. everybody's going to the same place and moving forward in time. And, you know, it's, you know, if things get a little bit clogged on the main highway, you can take a little detour <laughs> around for a bit uh, and come back on. And come back, yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah, I think that was um, the last of our questions. I know, well, that I could answer within the time frame that we have. <laughs> um, oh, yes, okay. I know we. Still, I know we still have a whole bunch of um, people that will have questions to ask, and you know, hopefully, everybody stays. Everyone stays safe during the merge. Um, so, if there is again, I'm going to ask like I did on the last show. Um, this time, what to expect? If there's something you want everyone to know um, about the Ethereum merge and what to expect, not what it is, this time is what to expect, um, what would that be? Um, I would expect and, well, really just hope 
that nothing major changes. <laughs> um, I, I, I really just expect that this merge is going to happen and it's, it's going to be something that happens in the background and that it's going to set this network up for these future scalability solutions. So, um, I, I think that's really what to expect is like, there, there's nothing like super major that's going to happen. You're not going to be paying way less fees. Um, you know, you, when you go and you do your, your transactions on the network, it's all going to look the mm -hmm. same, but I expect that in the future with this upgrade, it'll be easier for these like long-term scaling solutions. that will you know, slowly make the network better over time. And now we can expect to also tell the, um, the ape naysayers, I mean, the NFT naysayers go suck it because <laughs> now we have ape that's more eco-friendly. Am I correct? Yeah, you're correct. And I mean, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you have essentially like the, the benefit for like investors, like individual investors, mm -hmm. like me and you. But then there's this also like if you push into it a little bit farther, you got, uh, you know, small and large businesses that are yeah. moving into the space, like especially startups. So, I mean, that's like, you know, one of the main things like some of these companies are looking at is like an eco-friendly solution and something that mm -hmm. they're not going to be wasting thousands and thousands of dollars in gas payments. Um, although we haven't been able to get it scaled enough yet for you know, to figure out this gas solution, I think like the eco-friendly um, part of it is, is going to be huge for this space. So yeah, a lot yeah. of companies that are looking into those alternative blockchains right now, you know, they're able to move into uh, the Ethereum network and not really have that uh, after effect of, uh, you know, being on a network that's super energy intensive. So that, that should actually help possibly onboard more startups and companies to utilize the Ethereum network as well. That makes 100% sense because um, that particular excuse is out of the way. And, you know, nobody's, um, oh, I feel bad about using ETH. Now it's ETH is good. Let's do yeah, this. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. Thank you so much, um, Eve and Turin, for coming on the show today again. <laughs> um, I feel thank like you, we're, gonna miss, we're still going to have you back um, for another episode when we need the technical questions answered. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I'm, I'm happy to come back uh, whenever, whenever you need me. All right. And um, oh, I forgot to mention you're also I had G Money on the show recently. You're also an admit one and you're part of the watchers. Um, big shout out to the watchers. You all keep me coming back in discord. <laughs> yes, the watchers. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we have uh, we have we definitely have some things planned for the future uh, with that as well. I mean, G Money and the entire admit one like core team has been like really cool about uh, letting us sort of embed ourselves into the ecosystem, you know, yeah. off of the main, um, you know, off of the main chat and sort of give us our own little space, which has been really awesome. You guys are doing a fantastic job. I, I can vouch for that. <laughs> all thank right. You, um, you. thank you. All right. So thank you all for listening. If you want to follow Aventurin on Twitter, his Twitter handle is aventurin underscore ETH, and that is A-V-E-N-T-U-R-I-N-E underscore ETH, or search aventurin.eth. 
that is going to be it for today's episode of the NFT Talk Show podcast. Before you go, I have a little surprise for um every single one of you. I think I talked about this a couple of episodes ago. Tokens are coming. NFT Talk Show tokens are coming. And tokens will be the only way you can get on the show. I will be releasing information on that very soon. There will be a pre-mint Form, um, and I will put it in a secret place and probably announce it in the next episode of the podcast so you know where to find it. So I can know it's the listeners, <laughs> you know, because you put it out publicly, everybody knows. No, I'm going to put it somewhere where I know you found it because you were listening. All right. So, yeah, NFT Talk Show listeners, you're going to get tokens, um, official NFT Talk Show tokens. It's going to be vibes and just, you know, community tokens for us. Um, it's going to be fun. Okay. And just a little reward for my listeners to say thank you. Thank you for being a listener. Thank you for just, you know, making the show as successful as it has been. I appreciate you. All right. Again, that is it for today's episode. I hope this episode has been very informative to you. It has been very informative to me. I am Tony Payne, and you know what it is. Don't forget Don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell their whole family member, to family members, not just one, to listen to the NFT Talk Show podcast, and I will catch you on the blockchain. Bye.